Hello and welcome to Bullet Points, the critical podcast about shooting games. I'm your host, Ed Smith. I'm joined as ever by Reed McCarter. Hey. Hi. Excitable as ever. And Patrick Lindsay. Hello. I'm trying to match Reed's enthusiasm. I, I hope it's working. It's kind of hard to get enthusiastic considering the game that we're discussing this week. I mean, it's I, true. I, I, don't, I don't want to open this up on jokes. I don't want to be frivolous about this game because I think it really does need you know three adult people to put in its place put it in its place and sort of disassemble it and for it to not become one of those oh my god it's such a shit game kind of running jokes but it is hard to uh mm, that's re- tempting. I was, yeah i was gonna make a cocaine joke right off the, the top of yeah, this too i i think we well, should try and read there are two kinds of people in the world what's, what's that <laughs> bolivians kind of... and mexicans i guess no i was making a joke the kind of people who like to kick bad games when they are down and the kind of people who like to make cocaine jokes about them. Hmm. Is this game even down though? No, sadly, it's not. No, it's really it's really high up. That's that's why it needs a proper um appraisal because it's it's selling This is this is where you could have done your cocaine joke read. It's selling like cocaine. It's, you know. Um it's doing really well and I just can't help but feel a vague sense of despair. You know, like, does something ever happen to you where it makes you question um, your own kind of just just like everything about yourself? <laughs> you know, like when we voted to leave the EU and you're like, oh my God, I, I just don't feel like any sense of national identity anymore. I'm, I'm, that's it, I'm out. I mean, I know you're kind of kidding, but there is something to be said for like... I, I felt this way when we played Tomb Raider, where everyone was raving about it, and I was just wondering, am I playing the same game as you people? Like, I feel like I'm crazy. Well, that's With why we have lands. to be tucked into our bullet points echo chamber, where <laughs> I think our, our tastes align somewhat. Because, uh, you know, Mafia 3, the, mm-hmm. the, the 6 out of 10 game, that that uh, was one of the best things I played last year. Yeah. And luckily... You guys were with me on that. But Ghost Recon Wildlands, which is the game we're discussing this week, lots of, I'm dropping the name in now. Um, the fact that it's doing not just reasonably well, but well, I think it's still either number one or you know within like the top five, certainly in the UK sales chart. And Jesus Christ! It's had a, a, a fairly good slash extremely charitable critical reception. Those two facts combined are enough to, or have been enough to make me think: Am I really out of touch? Am I not in step with this anymore? You know, is this? Have I completely lost track of this culture? Is everyone... Do I just not know what the kids want anymore? Yeah, you know, am I stick in the mud, or or are we? You know, the three of us. And I, you know what? No, there, there's a lot of people, smart people. Great people who have who have taken this game down, and I appreciate them for it. Um, I I kind of think that time will. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Bear Vil- out, vindicate. Bear out, vindicate. Thank you. I'll get confused between vilify and vindicate. No, I vilify. Ghost Recon Wildlands. I think time will vindicate our collective low opinion. Um, all right, so let's just. Let's do it and try and do this one properly, because it 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 deserves our fucking ire. Okay. Um, yeah, I've you know we were saying before we started this, I 
am at the point where I don't want to talk about this game anymore, but I have an hour of level-headed <laughs> as level-headed yeah. as I can muster uh, discussion. Uh, you know, and also, too, we're not entering into this looking to... Uh, well, maybe we are, because we have all mm. written about it. But, I mean, we're not coming we're into We're not inventing saying, things that aren't there. Well, yeah, exactly. And, you know, there's, there's no... I think desire to just just beat this game up more, maybe. I, I well, I don't know. Maybe there is. I mean, a- actually, I was. I mean, I I didn't have hopes for this game in particular, but a game that deals with the things that this game deals with, I actually think needs to happen. Um, I just I don't agree. think it should have been this game. <laughs> yeah, should we start there? Well, yeah, one, sure. one thing I was going to say is that on the topic of beating it up further and, and doing it with a kind of bloodlust and a sort of joy, I take no kind of pleasure in a game like Ghost Recon Wildlands existing. And I no. would hope that everyone involved in making it can and will produce something better. And if they do, mm-hmm. then I'm right there with them. Um, I, I find it regrettable more than anything. And the, and the other thing is, when it comes to beating it up, I actually wonder how much work one needs to do in that regard because by simply describing Ghost Recon Wildlands you would presumably make anybody with a semblance of social awareness and sort of worldliness kind of cringe kind of cringe and roll their eyes and think oh my god has that actually been produced right right but the you know the the hope was I think the premise of this game was the reason that we picked it you know Mm -hmm. to do for bullet points monthly and it was why I was interested in, in seeing what it was firsthand, um, because the premise is is not not great. Um, but you kind of hope. I don't know. I went into it thinking maybe it's going to uh, have more to say than it looks like. Well, uh, imagine if they pulled it off. Because I, I remember when there was a trailer for Watch Dogs Two in last summer or last spring, and one of the people involved in the game was a sort of talking head in this trailer and he said we really wanted to do a game set in, Fra- set in San Francisco because it's like the wild west of technology and I oh, thought oh dear my. fucking god oh exactly right so I thought well this is this is going to be an absolute helicopter crash of a game and then I played it and I was so pleasantly surprised because you know that's a game that's got a cast of likeable characters and a sort of satirical edge and a lot of heart and, and goodwill and um, it's politics are, are really sort of level and and smart. So I was wondering whether Wildlands would be a similar story because I, you know, we can, I can sort of imagine a game about drugs existing. I can imagine a game about even American Secret Service and Secret Service, Special Forces operatives killing drug dealers, still working to some extent. Um, But it didn't. And I would like to throw first a read on that one and say, why didn't it work? Um, I think because uh, you know, I've talked about this before, but I think the thing is it it tries to flatten its subject matter into a kind of black and white that doesn't exist um, in a desire, I think, not to say anything too inflammatory. Um, and by doing that, it it presents this this outlook and this position on the drug war, on you know American uh, foreign policy and, and intervention, that is extremely disturbing because it's what they think. 
I. <laughs> this is how it always starts when I start trying to talk about this game. It's hard to say what they think exactly, but you can tell there was an effort to tone down. I think some of some of the some of the more inflammatory things that could come out of this game. Uh, its position on what the Americans are doing there, which it kind of pokes mm-hmm. at a little bit, but but not too much. Um, the reason that uh, the Latin American drug cartels spread the way they do, uh, the reason they have so much power, um, their infiltration of, you know, quote-unquote legitimate society and governments. Um, it, it tries to not take a strong stance on any of this, and by doing that, assumes the default is the uh, heinous, dangerous, blood-soaked policies that have been sort of the, the default uh, attitude to the war on drugs um, for, for the last century and a bit. Um, things that are need to be questioned, that if you're going to look at them, you have to hold them up into the light and turn them around and think, you know, what's the point of this? Um, and, and it's scared to do that, I think, or unwilling and it becomes just entirely reprehensible as a result of that. I would like to rewind and, and step back just a little here uh, because I, I worry that by talking first of all about the game's politics, you but you know you, you risk making it sound as if uh, you're like offended, you know what I mean and, and you're, you're sort a of political kind of, vendetta. You're on a political vendetta now everything everything. It, and more that you've just said there that it, I, I agree wholeheartedly I think this game is politically odious I think it's cowardly I think it's it's taken you know the most fraught and perilous subject matter and rather than deal with it as you said Reed, like very expertly it's flattened it out and in doing so um, created this picture of itself that it, it, it's so like disinterested in other people suffering this game and anyone right. suffering Right, okay, um, yeah. <clears throat> and that's what I was going to say in terms of... Because I, I agree with you. There are certain things that if you bring up, you know, as Wildland shows, if you say something about the war on drugs is a century-long failure, certain people are going to say, well, that's your that's your viewpoint, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and they're going to shut down or they're going to be with you. Um, yeah. But I think when you say it's a game uninterested in other people's suffering, that's the that's the crux point right there. Mm-hmm. That's That's, I think, what everything hangs on and you know is what informs my, my politics in, in this case um, but I think it also shows gets to the heart of in a quote unquote apolitical way uh, this game's failure well I think that the other thing to bear in mind is that what people will say if you start to discuss the politics of Ghost Recon Wildlands or perhaps any game is that a lot of people will and I I can only assume that the people who perhaps even made the game or marketed the game would fall back to the same uh, Alamo, as it were, and say, well, it's not supposed to be taken seriously as an allegory, it's meant to be a fun action game. And in doing so, they'd attempt to shut down any attempt to you know, politicise it or discuss it in socially conscious terms. So what I'd like to do first, and what I think is worth doing first, is to think about why Ghost Recon Wildlands is a terrible action game and why it's not fun, and why it's not escapist, and why it's not spectacular. Okay, and but we, we have to get back to that, that other oh, stuff. Oh, of course. A- absolutely. That's a that's, that... really rich vein, and I think is inherent to something that the three of us care about. 
Well, I also, I, I also think Ed is right in saying that um, when you're talking about a game like this, going with the this is really politically problematic angle is going to be a hard sell for people who aren't already thinking about that. Um, but if you sure. approach it by saying this game, not only is it abhorrent thematically, it's also just not a, not a good game. Um, and there are some pretty concrete things we can look at and pick apart in that regard that are pretty hard to ignore, even for people who would prefer to think of this game as an apolitical piece of entertainment media. Which, I mean, which it's not, um, and shouldn't be regarded as such, but if that's your if that's your hill to die on, it's still not a very strong position. Why right, Patrick? Um, it's a bad game. It's not fun. Um, and I, I don't say that in the, the petty, kind of like trite, entitled gamer way. Um, the... I'm going to say something really obnoxious. The, quote, core feedback loop of this game is really monotonous and boring. Um, it is a open-world game that doesn't need to be open-world um, and is so solely for the, the purpose of extending its its uh, playtime. Um, I think Ed, I was talking to you shortly after I had started playing it, and I had played the game for about two hours, and I had spent half that time driving around. The game tracks it, like in-game. Uh, the stats menu will tell you. How long you spent driving and I had spent half of my time in cars um, not because it's enjoyable or because I was accomplishing anything but because it just forces you to drive around for five to seven minutes between each mission um, and that's one small example out of many of just this game is from a design perspective just horrible I think it's a game that is absolutely overrun with clutter yeah and the way that that manifested to me or the, the, the most disagreeable way that that manifested to me is if you remember those Unidad enemies the, mm -hmm. the enemies which appear on your map as purple rather than orange dots and they'll attack you and you'll kill them uh, often at random when you're just trying to do something else you'll be attacked from the side by Unidad um, because the game is, is chaotic and just sort of lets enemies cross your path even when you're in the middle of a mission and when you kill one member of Unidad, he invariably is able to radio another, who then radios another, who then radios another. And before you know it, you have like a traffic jam of, of enemies on your minimap. And mm -hmm. ba basically, once you encounter Unidad, you may as well load up, because they just keep reappearing on the map. They keep respawning until you die. Um, and there are so many instances like that where what happened to me in Wildlands is that one element of the game would interrupt another you will find yourself in the middle of a conversation and a gunfight will break out and the conversation cuts off. You'll find yourself in the middle of a, a, a gunfight and a conversation will start up and the gunfight is interrupted. Dialogue sort of plays over one another. So there's so much going on that, for example, you're driving around and they're having a conversation and you accidentally run over an enemy. And then 10 minutes later, your guy will then say, oh, well done running over that guy because he's had to wait so much of the game kind of being processed that you get these like clumsy inexplicable moments where you know this like non sequiturs um because there is so much clutter that it's fighting to kind of get mm -hmm. on the screen even though this is like a 60 hour plus game there is so much rubbish that it, it is tripping over itself to get out so the the moment to moment of ghost recon wildlands is so clumsy and confused and everything's sort of tripping over itself and interrupting each other. Well, because there's no point to any of it. There's not a central no. sort of thing that you're focused on, so you just kind of go from node to node, 
but nothing that you do actually means anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no weight to any of it. You don't really feel good about accomplishing anything because you're not really accomplishing anything. Well, it's it's the the map of Ghost Recon Wildlands is like a you know it's a, a face covered in zits, and you've just got to move your hand around and squeeze them all and scratch them all, and then they reappear. Um, one of the things that they just feed back into the the political aspect of the game, the the not exactly satirical, like whatever the, the the relevant, the sort of zeitgeisty element of the game is that when you kill a group of drug dealers, if you go away and come back, they will all reappear. Now, mm-hmm. you might be tempted to say, "Well, this is indicative of the constant war of attrition between law enforcement and drug dealers. It's never going to go away." But there's absolutely nothing in Ghost Recon Wildlands to imply that that's the case. It's simply a game that wants you to just consume and consume and consume, and there's no like sense necessarily behind the things you're being given to consume. It is just more. All it cares about is more. The the point where they absolutely lost me was when I realized that there are markers on your map that will guide you to like little intelligence caches that mm. serve no purpose except to reveal other markers on your map. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's true. It lost it lost me definitively in the final mission where the premise is that you've got to race from one uh, place to another to go and confront the cartel boss and it's meant to be sort of dramatic and it takes place at night and there's been like a betrayal and you know it, it sort of teeters upon a little bit of drama and a bit of sort of pacing um, but whilst travelling between these two places you're, you know, you're constantly assailed by cars trying to ram you off the road which have been sort of uh, accidentally triggered there are just bad guys that appear and disappear at random and you get knocked down and killed and then you get revived and then like knocked down and killed and revived and it just turns into this like caracol this this ridiculous spectacle without any you know it's clear that the people making this game don't have any uh interest in in pacing or like structure right yeah or or, or like um you know articulation or like delicacy it's just more enemies more cars more random elements that might get you more markers on the map and for what is supposed to be the climactic mission you know, and there's a timer says, counting down. And there's a timer the counting time down, too. yeah. What yeah. should be this sort of slightly delicate landing into, you know, the, the, the huge sort of swoop up of the climax is just like a it's just a mess. And that that's Ghost Recon Wildlands for me all over. That's it's it's a bag of you know, quote, content sort of mm. pushing at the inside of the bag. It's just like you'd hold this bag up kind of like away from your face and there'd be all these sort of bulges trying to kind of press out of it. Um, Reed, sorry, I've not thrown to you on this one, but um, no, you, no, I'm interested. Perhaps in what do you think of the just the gunfighting in Ghost Recon Wildlands, the 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 action of having like a battle. Well, I wanted to say, and I guess this is the roundabout way to do that is there are things, there are um, a few ideas in Wildlands that uh, you can see if they were willing to just sort of zoom in on those ideas, you could have, I think mechanically, um, at least, a, a sort of interesting game um, about these precision, high-tech uh, agents, special operatives working in a different country. Like, the stuff with the, the sync shot, I think, is starts off really neat, you know? So you throw up a drone, or you look through binoculars, and you uh, scan for the enemies, and they become little dots and then you can put a little dot on them 
and then if you hold down a button, your squad will shoot them all at once, and if they're if these people who have been marked are far enough away from the rest of the enemy, then nobody knows that it happened at all, and it's it's very um, sort of like disconcerting and surgical and precise, and like it, you know, it reminds me of like the beginning of like modern warfare when you're going through the boat and they just kind of go and there's you know Russian soldiers sleeping in their bunks and they just go with their silenced pistols and just you know just pss, pss, and they're done. And it's this very cold, frightening power fantasy that I think is very fitting for what that game is trying to be. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And I think that stuff could be central to a, a bigger point the game could make. Um, and it's like everything that the game, I think, wants to be is sort of encapsulated in that. Um and then it becomes tedious as you do it for like the 900th time and it is not always um, not always the way that missions are solved uh, and I, I, I don't know, this whole thing is just such a mess so like the guns kind of have that to them as well where if you line up a headshot and you have a suppressor on it has that same kind of um, quick like pull. thud sound yeah, and then the enemy just drops. Like, you die and the enemy dies very easily, um, which I think is kind of how it should be for this. Um, but then if anything goes awry, it it just turns into a mess. Like, the guns kind of bob all over the place. Uh, you're in third person, and the default is that it snaps to first person, which is an interesting idea that just ends up being vaguely nauseating when it actually happens. You get used to it, but it's it's never good um i don't know the the guns are boring and <laughs> there's like and no, numerous and yeah and numerous and they're all just kind of like little variations of one another and i don't know there there's like 20 different assault rifles alone yeah and i think i ended up just using the first one I, yeah i never I, switched guns once the entire game i would switch to the other ones and like fire a few shots and be like nah it's it's not as good. Let's go back to the other one <laughs> that already kitted out. So I, I think even just the gunfights themselves are bad. Um, the navigation, like moving the character around, feels not great. It's it's okay, but it's sort of imprecise um, and kind of clunky. And I don't know, just like everything about you know firing a gun from a car doesn't quite feel like you know if you're doing any damage to the car or not until it starts smoking, like Grand Theft Auto Three style. I don't know, man. Just, like, everything about how the fights play out. The only good thing about the fights is when you have, like, a... When you kidnap someone and you're just trying, like, hell to get away and you're not really fighting. Um, that's that's the only thing that I think is exciting. That um, and, you know, the, the sync shots when they actually work properly. Yeah, I mean, the sync shots are why they made this game completely, but... Um, yeah. I, th- I think one of the things we talked about when we were talking about Battlefield 3 was that that game does a really good job of, even though you're an American soldier, like an elite crack troop, uh, the game spends most of its time putting you in really shitty situations that you kind of have to scrabble your way out of. Mm-hmm. Um, this game doesn't do that. It only goes halfway, and um, it just dumps you in the middle of like a giant 
you know, Coke resort full of drug dealers, and then you just kind of blithely shoot your way through, and everyone kind of runs away from you, and, um, like, even if you do get spotted and a firefight breaks out, at least in my case, it was never really a problem, because it's just so easy to kill people, especially with the, the sink shots, which are kind of, like, guaranteed kills. Yeah, the problem really is, like, your own patience. You know, mm-hmm. if you <laughs> there's 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 no reason to spend your time sneaking around um, when you can just kind of run in and shoot things and be fine and nothing really is different. What um, I found is that the the gunfights for me, what they lacked entirely was any kind of nuance because you're either in perfect stealth mode or there are helicopters, cars, respawning enemies, mm-hmm. alarms going off. It, it's like a binary thing, and considering the environment in which this game is set whereby these cartel bases are you know some distance from one another the fact that they're and, and also that it's a drug cartel it's a drug cartel now i know that the word cartel because of things like breaking bad and sicario and, and narcos i know that the word cartel kind of strikes fear into like white people's hearts these days and the cartel is apparently capable of anything but what this game the, the, the conclusion to which this game takes that is that the cartel with like a within a minute can summon you know gun helicopters and like right armored cars and innumerable soldiers wherever they want in Bolivia and not only is that like a a ridiculous uh, exaggeration of these enemy characters of the antagonists which which makes them seem completely um you know, there's no traction there at all. There's no connection to the real world whatsoever. It also blows the pacing of the the game moment to moment out of the water because you're you're either sneaking and no one can see you, or you've been seen and like the entirety of Bolivia is attacking you, and you may as well just load up and start over. Um, the the thing that bothered me about that is they try and straddle this really weird dichotomy unsuccessfully, where yeah, the cartel is supposed to be this really terrifying, ultra-evil, super-powerful enemy that you're completely justified in murdering 100%, but also because this game kind of sucks the dick of American military superiority so hard, um, it also tries to demonstrate that these evil drug dealers are no match for, you know, American military might... Yeah. Which is why it's 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 one of the reasons I found it so odd when you're sneaking around camps and you see guys like wearing basketball shorts and tank tops and carrying AKs, and then you throw up a little portable drone that flies around and takes pictures of people so that you can like pre-murder them. Like the yeah. the incongruity there, like the the difference between the two sides is so astounding. Well, it's and, it's the you know borderline. Uh, I'm gonna go as long as I can without saying the R word in uh, <laughs> in in this discussion. But it's that fantasy that um, you know, even if you arm South Americans and you know the Latin American countries extensively, it's the shit that they're you know. It's like when the Iraq War started, people are saying, "Don't worry, it'll be over in a month." Um, the, you can give non-Western people any technology you want, but they can't, you know, from this worldview, they, they can't uh, compare it to a well-armed American. Um, mm. You know, you have you have these, the narcos, and they have, you know, we're, we're told, and this is, I think, fair 
um, realistically to some degree that they're well armed they have access to military equipment um, but you know they're walking around in their shorts and they're you know slumped over smoking cigarettes and stuff when they should be patrolling and and uh, you know they're just kind of sloppy compared to the efficient powerful professional Americans you know who who have to come in here and clean up you know they have to come over and and uh, dismantle this this stuff because they're so efficient and they're so incredible at doing it only they can get the job done well yeah I mean it's it's the it's the, it's the kind of horseshit where they say you know it's time time to put a stop to ISIS just you know drop in uh, a Navy SEAL team they'll have it taken care of you know inside of a week and well I mean I, I, people I, believe I know that this shit. is this is veering more toward the territory I think we're going to put off until a bit later, but even Unidad, which is supposed to be, as far as I can tell, like the actual regular Bolivian army, is implied to be uh, corrupt and incompetent. I, um, I, I think I that's think fair, that the, though. The danger that is implied, that the danger of the cartel characters, compared to the danger of the American or the power of the American characters. Uh, the Americans were supposed to respect because they're professional and dedicated right. and, and uh, precise. The cartel were supposed to fear because just look at the game's title. They're wild. Wild they're, lands. They're, they're, they're unpredictable. Yep. They're, they're dogs without leashes. Um, so as much as I do agree with you, Patrick, that it's uh, an incongruity that they're dressed in sports gear and tattoos and whatever and carrying fairly like cheap rifles compared to what you have uh, and yet we're supposed to you know fear them as a sort of mighty unstoppable entity i also think that that aesthetic is deliberate because what the game is trying to imply and i i i can see that this is likely lifted from real life but what the game is implying of course is that these people are dangerous because right. they are the opposite of the american characters because they are poor, well not poor necessarily because drug cartels are implied to have a lot of money in this game, but because they are you know um, they don't have like a stake in society because they are outsiders, that's what makes them dangerous and that's why they're dressed to, to look the way that they are um, but one thing I was going to say before, I think it is now worth moving on to, to discuss the, the, the politics in this game, I think that that's where we're being magnetised to here, but one thing I was going to say lastly I think on the the game itself, the mechanics, if you if you like, is what I found about Ghost Recon in terms of how it plays. We'll get onto the narrative in a second. What I found patronising is the way it rewards you with so much virtual junk, mm -hmm, as mm -hmm. as if as if like a grown adult to whom this game is ostensibly being pitched. If you consider you know the violence and the language and even the subject matter, like a grown adult is supposed to be thrilled to receive. A gold-plated virtual reality AK-47, or a, a, a cap with you know like a, a different kind of skull on it to dress their character in. Um, if I'm going on a 40 to 60 plus hour action romp, I need rewards that are more substantive than clothes for my Ken doll. <laughs> uh, well, what are you talking but, about, Ed? You can you can power up your drone. No, well, of course, yeah. There's that as well. Yeah, but that you see what I mean. Like the 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 things that it considers 
um, pleasing to its audience, exciting and like satisfactory to its audience are are so base and like insubstantial that 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 to me betrays the sort of infancy and idiocy of the story that the people who made this game consider being able to gold plate their in-game pistol exciting tells me that they're probably not the kind of people I want handling a story about the war against dangerous drugs but let's boomerang back around then to the the political and the, the the narrative side of this game one thing I'll say to start us off and I'll keep it brief you remember how the cutscenes play out in this game those intelligence briefings that you receive oh yeah so every, of course every, every time you enter a new one of one of the 21 provinces of Bolivia or every time that you identify or capture or kill one of the chief cartel members you're treated to a intelligence briefing and these play out in a they it's hard to describe them isn't it they they move yeah. over like they scan almost like images. comic book frames they're almost like comic book frames that's that's yeah. a pretty good comparison yeah they 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 move very quickly through images and words appear and disappear off the screen and it's kind of dizzying it's it's lots of words lots of images very very dizzying very very quick very sort of um like Zack Snydery kind of speed ramping you know and those are one of the things that I found the the most uh, egregious, the most sort of affronting, because what those cutscenes do is just like override your ability to make sense of anything. They they belie comprehension, and I think the sort of subtle insinuation of those cutscenes is don't even bother trying to follow this; it doesn't matter, because they're such a flurry, they're such like a they're so dizzying and and nonsensical that you just give up, and in giving up. In giving up trying to follow this game, in giving up trying to make sense of what it's saying, you you then give permission to the game to to carry on with all of its, you know, uh, arid and 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 backwards politicising. And I, I I don't think they're intentionally doing that, but just that sort of visual style, which well, takes it's away also your ability the to only the only point in the game that anything is ever you get any kind of exposition is through these cutscenes. Um, yeah. Apart from that, you're just driving around from point to point on a map, shooting and or interrogating people with no real thought as to who or why. Um, this... It's not until you watch, oh, this is why I'm, you know, her, God, her name was Madre Coca for crying out loud. Like, yeah. Uh, is that one of the. Yeah. That's one of the, that's one of the Bouchons, is Madre. Uh, m- uh, Mama, Mama Cocaine. Mama Cocaine. <laughs> There's also El Yayo. There is El Yayo, the cocaine, we, <laughs> the drugs. Can, can we laugh at, at those? I they they are worth a, a brief, a brief, brief laugh. Um, well, while it. we're on it, I'm gonna throw in something similar. Um, so there are a lot of barks between the player and the player's squad mates. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Gold. And uh, when you when you spot enemies like you were talking about earlier, Reed. Um, <laughs> There'll be little verbal cues. I think I know which one you're gonna say. And baby makes three. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. So oh. you go. There's, there's the first enemy. There's the second enemy. And baby makes three. It, I... Yeah, it's the tone that it said though. <laughs> the... It's just so. Baby it's so, makes three. It's so po-faced. Yeah. This game, I we, we get back onto topic in one second. But this game gave me two of the biggest laughs I've had from <laughs> video games, completely by mistake. 
the first the first one was when I was driving with my with my squad in the back with the lads in the back uh, and kind of like handbrake turn around a corner and as I, as I did just so happened to like swing the back end into this cartel member who just happened to be standing there and like knocked him down and killed him and one of my guys in like the straightest voice ever just went tango down <laughs> <laughs> So that was one. And the other one was when uh, I sort of fast traveled back to one of the safe houses and got on the dirt bike. Yeah. And your guy, your guy, in that sort of military way whereby soldiers are supposed to communicate exactly what they're doing to one another, uh, announces, I'm on the bike, right? So I I get on the bike and he goes, I'm on the bike. And I gun it and like fly over this rock. And like stump the bike on the ground, and my character goes flying over the handlebars and dies. <laughs> so just him going, I'm on the bike, and then then dying like 15 seconds later. I um, yeah, just slave me. Yeah, I I felt like a toddler because every time I got, I'm on the bike. I like burst out laughing. That yeah. and like uh, to mention the last one of these is. Uh, your people, your squad will teleport into a truck or a helicopter if you uh, take off. Oh, they off. will? Yeah, if you if drive you off without, without them. them. Oh, God damn it. I've been waiting the entire time. No yeah, me. so uh, as I like got further in the game and I had less and less patience, uh, I was just kind of poking around to see how things worked, uh, I discovered that, yeah, that that happens. And so I made it like kind of a little game every time to you know, run to the helicopter and take off just as they're trying to, you know, approaching. And you do this deliberately and just like peel out in a car or take off in a helicopter. And then the the guys will just say, you know, as if it's their own idea, they'll say, catch up with you later, boss. (laughs) 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 After you just, you know, did the equivalent of, yeah, the equivalent of they, they, got out to pee at the side of the highway and you just tore out <laughs> left them behind <laughs> I had one because another time like, sometimes when you arrive in a gunfight your guy would go oh shit balls yep Which is oh yeah one. but my favourite is and I had it it seemed to happen only when I was driving and you can be driving along and you sort of clip into another car and dent your car and your guy goes oh fucking hell <laughs> He says it like it's so prissy. Oh, fucking hell! Oh, I've done it. The fucking we're going home. <laughs> Mission cancelled. I, I don't even yeah, want to I'll think f- about how much this is going to cost. <laughs> yeah, it's really. And now, this, like, so let's to, to, to dovetail back into the stuff about the narrative. Let's start one, here. one, one more because I Go think on. it actually oh, is, this, a, this is, is a pretty decent segue. Um, there's. I don't know if it's scripted or if it was random, but after we cleared a town or whatever, which I feel really uncomfortable saying that, but after we cleared a town, we were walking around and one of the squad members says, hey, boss, have you heard that they're looking into replacing soldier, like special forces soldiers with robots? Mm-hmm. Um, and he says <laughs> that that's never going to happen because there are things that robots can't do. And they go like, what? And he says, like, die for your country. Oh my <laughs> shitty lord. And I think if you hear these out of context, it sounds like, okay, well, you know, fuck all of this. Like, this game obviously is not taking itself seriously, so... Yeah, 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 yeah. But then, but, but then you get these cutscenes where you've got, like, the, the head of the cartel soliloquizing about, like, religion 
and death and like the nature mm-hmm. of life and uh, you know the, the 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 American government thinks it can control us and all this stuff and no absolutely it it not a, the reason that you have the jokes is because the game sincerely wants you to care about the the main the, the protagonists and to empathise and think they're a great funny bunch of lads and what they're doing is like right yeah they're on. just they're just bros they're just bros right that that's why it throws in these occasional like gags and sex jokes and and things like that um and that to me is one of the most kind of discreet and like surreptitious ways in which this game is trying to sell you on its frankly reprehensible worldview is because it's trying to engender that these characters are uh, friendly and affable and people whom you'd want to spend time with and by extension what they do is is fine well yeah and, and even that... they they throw in a few lines here and there that the you know your character says i think about uh their daughter back home or something yeah. or their, their kid back home you know and so yeah. you, you're supposed to get the impression like oh these guys are just you know it's it's not personal it's they're just doing what the government needs them to do and they're not bad guys you know they're trying to make the best out of this horrible job they have Look, they didn't ask to be heroes, Reed. <laughs> That's right. But that is, that is the tone. Yeah. Well, it's and like the it's, thing... it's the old, you know, the American cowboy tone, right? The the humble uh I'm an exceptional person who who will not talk about being exceptional. Mm. You know. I I don't Very kill true, because but... I want to. I kill because you know, the universe has has faded it that I mm. must kill. <laughs> One of the ways that they try to um impress that what you're doing here is just and the enemies whom you're fighting are, are unjust is by occasionally you'll be walking through somewhere or driving through somewhere and you'll see at the side of the road a dead civilian mm-hmm. or someone hanging from a lamp. Yeah, they have like gibbets where people are just strung up randomly. Are just strung up and your guys will, to paraphrase, make some sort of remark like, oh, the fucking cartel are so evil. And then obviously you're able to shoot civilians mm-hmm. and there's there's no repercussion there's no your 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 guy might get on your earpiece and say oh you know what's your fire what's your fire but there's no moralizing particularly from the game well actually <laughs> well actually i tested this because i was saying something about this when i reviewed this game and oh it, it, you can kill 3 civilians right yes yes you can kill 3 and there's some invisible timer counting down so you could kill yeah. You know, if you wanted to treat yourself, you could kill a civilian after every mission, and I think you'd be fine. You know, yeah. just just for fun, just to like let a off some steam. But like yeah, a mission counter. But if you exactly, but if you uh, you know, if you try to go on a rampage, you know, the game will slap what? your wrist. But just to on a slightly more kind of excuse me, metatextual level, um, <laughs> when you kill a civilian turn your back and turn back round their bodies disappear their bodies are gone and that's that's the game basically like erasing what you've just done whereas well, yeah. the cartels the, the civilians that the cartels murder you know remain in the game so that you're even though it's like a technical idio, well not idiosyncrasy but a technical peculiarity it still kind of deletes what you've done and the, the cartel stuff is like left there as a permanent monument well yeah I mean it exists for technical reasons but it was a conscious decision like they still had a modeler whose job it was to create the you know like dead civilian models yeah um, um well yeah I mean it ties back into the stuff about you know the R word 
and uh, mm. the idea that that the the crime and the the uh, atrocities being committed by a different people are uh, more monstrous, maybe. But mm-hmm. it's hard to say too because you know there. This I think is an underlying problem with this entire game is is you can tell that extensive research was done, that they were trying to portray things that, you know, based I think pretty explicitly on on Mexican. The predominant Mexican cartels right now, so things like hanging, you know, a, a corpse up with a message on it is is something that's done. Um, you know the the torture rooms that you go into, and you know a lot of the heinous shit you see is is you know not embellished. It's it's drawn from things that actually happen. Um, mm-hmm. But the way all of the all the research about you know the organization of of cartels, how they work within governments and how they work in media and, and all of this, none of it's contextualized into anything that isn't I think a dangerous contextualization so you have things like um, you, you know the, the atrocities of, of the cartel members of the Santa Blanca people um, but, but which also really Santa Blanca really. yeah I know all the names in this are terrible um but yeah, so you see the things like, you know, a shipping container with corpses in it or, um, you know, a, a corpse hanging from a post, um, things like that. But yeah, I mean, it's a conscious decision that you get to kill all the people and, and, and that's not reflected. Um, and, and that they don't seem to have much to say about what that means, that there are dead bodies in the streets, you know, no. other, other than Bolivia you know, explicitly it's, named Bolivia mm-hmm. is a hellscape. It's kind of like decorating a house for Halloween. You just kind of put a bunch of scary shit outside mm. without really doing anything to it. Um, and I think part of the reason it rings particularly false is because nothing that you do within the game itself implies that you are there for the benefit of other people. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you can start firefights in the middle of, like, crowded town squares. Um, and, like, the people don't even really react for the most part. I remember I was driving around once and I saw two uh, Unidad soldiers on the side of the road with two civilians. So I decided to get out and kill them because why not? Um, and we just, like, we got out of the truck, we shot them in the head, and they fell. And then the two civilians just kind of walked away. Yeah. And, like, that that was it. This is This is what I mean by the game resetting the damage you do. And... Yeah. Sort of... Uh, you know, like one of those guns that removes graffiti from the wall, just just blasting your actions clean. Um, as for things that are lifted from real life, absolutely, I I can empathise with that, and I I to an extent appreciate them, the makers of this game doing some research. But there is nothing particularly in this game which makes me, which leads me to believe that their research kind of led them to any like intellectual conclusions it's it their research seemed to be done well, only I, to find images only yeah. to find cool shit to put in the game only to find shocking images to put in their game not to have their perspective on anything changed or challenged not to yeah. uh, not to potentially challenge or change the perspective of the people who were playing the game that's not what they're interested in when they're researching they just wanted to find things that they could say, well, this happens in real life. Go, uh, our game has some credibility, which is which is a, a false equivalency. It, exactly, it's the you know it, it's what happens in 
the last few uh, Assassin's Creed games as well, right? The idea that, yeah. um, um, you know, synthesizing an encyclopedia on a subject means that you're informed. Um, yeah. I guarantee, you know, as much as I don't want to try to guess at developer motivations, I guarantee people who were working on this stuff have really interesting things to say if you can talk to them, you know, not as a company mouthpiece about, you know, what they think about this subject because you can't read all of this stuff and, and not have an opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, the game does its damnedest not to, though. I mean, toward Why? Th- that's why? what I want to get to. Why? Why? Because why? it because it ends up being a pretty sharp condemnation of of things that we take for granted culturally, and an indictment of America over the last you know several decades specifically. And you and also and it it forces you to confront uncomfortable truths about things that you thought you knew re well, drugs and the drug trade. Well, exactly. This yeah. Is, this is this is absolutely true. And this is, but this is presumably what. A story about the drug war and the drug trade and American interventionism ought to be doing. So why, yeah, well, here, why, why, is, why isn't it happening in this game? Why here's not? the thing. My biggest issue with this game is that... Alright, so the term war on drugs is unfortunate because from a vernacular standpoint, it's setting expectations in the wrong direction. Uh-huh. Um, you can't have a game about the war on drugs resemble an actual war because that is missing the point completely. Um, I don't... I, I think... If you want to make a great game about the war on drugs, it should not. It should definitely not be a military shooter. Um, I think that is setting the table all all wrong. But you know, we got to make a, a shooter, and unfortunately, we don't look for thematic cues so much as we look for what would make a good setting. Um, you know, what kind of environment would it look cool to fly a helicopter over? Oh, drugs. People are talking about that. I saw Narcos. All right, well, let's go with that. I but but what so if you painfully true? But what if you did make, um, you know, as as you guys know, what if you can make a shooter that, uh, that questions, you know, that has the violence and, and has all these things, but questions, um, the sort of given narrative about how this works, you know, what if you are these special agents who, well, don't don't put it in fucking Bolivia, just put it in Mexico and grow a spine. You know, sure, but yeah. what what if you are these American agents in Mexico taking on you know, I guess if you have to a fictionalized cartel, um, and and you're you know taking out this map, and then you take out a few, and then you know the map uh, <laughs> just fills in again later. You know, what if you do things that show the futility of this? What if you are killing these people and you're getting calls and you're arming rebels who are than killing other people in more atrocious ways, mm-hmm. and you're seeing an escalation in the game. You know, what if you're wiping out a town full of narcos, and then they're replaced by younger, less well-trained narcos that you have to kill over and over and over again? You know, why can't you have... I mean, I know why, because these games are fucking spineless, man. Like, you could have all these things, you can do it, and I guarantee there are smart people working on these games who who know that they can say something within the systems that they have, and they don't, you know, because it's... I don't know, I guess the last thing is you don't want to be political in your fucking Why? Tom Clancy political game, because it upsets yeah. people. Because people have this idea, which I think hopefully is starting to come to an end now that you know extreme politics across the Western world are being forced into our faces every day, and we have to reckon with them, and we have to understand what we actually think and feel about things. Um, but people have this horseshit idea that you can make mainstream entertainment that doesn't have a viewpoint, 
But but why why would an audience? Why would the people who would potentially buy this game be put off by it if they knew that it confronted the war on drugs? I think a lot of people wouldn't. I, That's I think, exactly my point. I, I think, think audiences. I think audiences are much smarter than uh, yes than a lot of than frankly just how games publishing uh, thinks of them as. I think it says, well, we fed them this tripe for this long keep feeding it to them and i think that's yeah, why people I, will just age out of games you know to say oh i'm sick of mm, this mm. that's that's how wildlands made me feel is that i i felt like because um, for for a long time i've tried to find in in the big games and the the big releases and, and games of um you know the, the ilk of ghost recon wildlands quality and i don't mean in the sense of it's a great video game in the sense that there's something here. There's like a, there's some bite and there's some some vim and brio that is unusual, and that it's like the the, the hallmark of creators who have genuinely got something to say. And mm. I've tried to find that in AAA games for a long time, and on occasions you do. But Wildlands was the game I think that made me wonder. Well, have I just been doing the PR's job for them now? Like, is this quality actually there at all? And have I just been exaggerating and and seeing things that I wish were there, and are not? Um, and I just I can't understand well I can understand but I can't I don't know where the people who make these games think this is going right. because this, this, is, this is not sustainable surely not this is not sustainable to, to make a game I'm not saying that every for example Ghost Recon game hereafter has to be this like hyper politicised politically researched conscious you know satirical I don't know man I think shooter. if I think if you've got the balls to say I'm going to make a game tackling a, as contentious a subject as the war on drugs and all of the racial and political and ethnic issues that are interwoven in that no man you need to do your homework No um, I, I I I agree it needs to say something it needs to do something but I I I don't necessarily think that in you know AAA and mass entertainment games that should become like the predominating mindset per se, I just don't think that a game as base as Ghost Recon Wildlands, as mm. kind of arid and vacuous and superficial is financially viable for the future. Like, who the fuck is going to pay for something like that three times, four times? Surely... Well, isn't that the, the nasty thing about when you look at you know video games, and I'm not saying you specifically because I think this is something we all have to think about eventually because you know, so much of money is always sort of flashing on the screen when it comes to games um, because that's kind of how I think our press has treated games for a long time as we're all, you know, armchair business analysts and everything mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think you see with this stuff that it's it's just this really <laughs> bald faced how long until they stop buying it, you know, it's, mm. it's this has worked so... <laughs> You know, let's let's keep doing it until it doesn't work anymore. Um, well, that's what's confusing to me. There's nothing novel about this at all. Well, yeah, I know, and everyone, you know, I, I think even, but okay, no, never mind. I was gonna say I think people know that, uh, but fuck, man, like I don't know. This game came out, and <laughs> I I had finished my review, which is usually when I I go and I look on Metacritic and read sort of the the summary paragraphs just to see. Well, I wonder what other people thought. Um, after I've put my stuff down and thought about it, and 
the game had a fucking like an 88 or something or an 82 or wow something high and i just thought <laughs> like i don't I'm know not, sounds... i'm not even being contrarian i legitimately don't understand how no i i don't understand either so i was you know not to be too dramatic about it but i thought well you know like what what uh ed was saying before like have i lost the plot here um because to me this felt like even just on a basic design standpoint, just the nadir of this open world yeah. collectathon kind of thing, like it just seemed like people must have had their fill now. They must see this is just, you know, one time too many. But this is it. This this seems apparently to me not like the bottom of the bottom of the barrel, the the nadir of the pit of a certain type of game, of a certain type of video game excess. This seems to be like it either is or really ought to be the breaking point. And I'm I'm puzzled as to why that sentiment isn't more broadly shared because this is such an such an obvious death knell to me and I think so many others of a certain kind of video game and a certain collection of, of, of sensibilities in yeah, video game making of of a few different you know prevailing problems in in games I it, think I guess ultimately at the end of the day if you can still make people feel powerful in the way that they don't get to in their everyday lives. They're gonna keep, you know, hitting that button over and over again. So this is this is what I think is, the, the, this is the fundamental change that I think needs to occur is that our definition of what power is needs to shift. I don't. Oh think, my God, yes. I don't think that by making people feel vulnerable and less powerful, although they ought to when they read great fiction or great non-fiction, I don't think that that's necessarily the next step. That's what's gonna sell. I just think that power needs to be conflated with different things. Power needs to become synonymous with knowledge, with mm-hmm. understanding, with conscientiousness, with being challenged and being okay with being challenged, because that's what power is, not simulated gunfights and, you know, patronizing massages on via virtual junk being fed to you over and over and over again. I have no issue with people feeling as if when they've completed a video game, they're somehow stronger. Or they're somehow more equipped. I don't think that that's necessarily a negative feeling on its own. It's just that the way that that feeling is created mm-hmm. and it, the superficiality and the fleetingness of that feeling right. is what I find uncomfortable. If you if you play a video game and after you finished it, you feel like Christ. I I know and understand something now that I didn't before. That is a powerful feeling that's you're, you're armed with something you have knowledge that's power and also i think that if the other thing that people are you know compelled by when it comes to video games if the other thing that they really need is escapism i don't think there's anything more escapist than listening to a story and like information for someone who knows more than you being hooked into like a lecture mm-hmm. you know or, or like a really great orator is, is escapist because you are you are fixated and absorbed what this person is you're, you're letting yourself be taken somewhere correct well and so you... i just think that we need to change how we create those feelings in games. well and this is why i'll say and i don't know i have been i feel like i've just been like banging this drum since we started writing at the beginning of the month about you know can can a game like wildlands be made and we all kind of said yes and said well why, why aren't, or uh, why, why do games like this come out, though, that look this way, rather than maybe being a better take on it, and I feel like I've been banging this drum all month, and I guess it's probably my own bugbear, but like, I, it's the reviewer's fault, 
man, a hundred percent. Like, yeah. Uh, or, or just critics in general. It's, uh, um, who, who is going to say this is bad. Please do better well, next time. The, and that will be the rewarded. problem. The problem is we're so used to assessing video games as video games and not as pieces of media dealing with a subject. Well, can we just look at them as an entire, you know, intact thing? Like, I, I don't understand. You can't say paragraph one, Bolivia in this game looks beautiful. You know, it does. It looks very nice. Um, paragraph two, the story is terrible. Sidebar, this is offensive. Uh, mm-hmm. Co-op is pretty good if you have the right friends with you. Too long. You know, like, you, you can't you can't break things down to component parts. These aren't fucking refrigerators. You know, like, we're not reading reviews of... of keyboards and mice online. I, I think that what is happening is there needs to be more criticism of games which ignores what the player does. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. Yes. That ignores the mechanics, that ignores your... You, that basically reviews the game uh, almost as it's written, as like, a, as like a script, and ignores what you actually do, ignores the interactions. Now, not, not that mm. all criticism should do that necessarily, but I think there needs to be a, a push towards looking at what is specifically, purposefully, patently, invariably, across any amount of playthroughs by any amount of different people, there. Mm-hmm. Okay. And But we don't even like admitting that there can be stuff like that that isn't completely at the whim of the player. So hooked away on this feeling of power that we yeah, we, we we are reluctant to consider that games might be doing something without our permission. Um, and I worry that, that critics, meaning we, like I'm not, you know, this is not like pushing down anyone else. We are all guilty of this. I think that we are also reluctant to tell readers that what they do in games doesn't matter as much as they want. Mm-hmm. Because that makes us adversarial. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, nobody's perfect. I think that's an ethos we try to... I don't know, let's not talk about mission statements no, right now, because no one cares no, but no, us. No. <laughs> you know, we, we try not to, to, to do the kind of thing that you're talking about, but... I mean, basically what I'm saying, though, is about... If this... If the way that the critical community around things like this... I think this shows... A game like this shows a, a failure um, of, of our criticism. Uh, it kind of puts the lie to the fact that that games criticism as a practice uh, as a serious practice has become mainstream you know mm. I think mm. the release of a game like this shows that it very much has not you know um, I think the release of things like Battlefield Hardline show that as well I, I think it 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 kind of lifts up the rock and puts some sunlight on the fact that it's just a bunch of little little kids scuttling around you know mm. um and I think this this happens to everyone because it's so pervasive. But you have things that are coming out that are. If this was a film, it would be. It would be lambasted, you know. This thing would be held it up. Was. And if this was a book, people would be saying, you know, this. Tom Clancy's gone too far. That's what they'd be saying. Yeah. <laughs> they'd be saying enough. Dude's finally shown that he's okay. I'll, he's racist, um, and and close-minded and. 
I, I don't know. There's there's not enough adjectives to describe what's damaging about this game, but it's just very small. But we it is very small. We yeah. I don't know. This stuff comes out, and if you're if you're uh, Ubisoft publishing this, what incentive do you have to to say this this one wasn't good? We should focus on you know we should push to maybe make more of a point to express ourselves think, in some way what's the incentive uh, I, I think a different way of asking that same question is to say why do we as players feel like we want a game like ghost recon wildlands what is it that we're extracting from this that is useful or enlightening or even really worth our time entertaining um, is, even yeah is there is there anything about this particular portrayal of the war on drugs that i feel is useful or particularly enjoyable or that gives me a thing that I can't get from any other open world vaguely pseudo military shooter? No, not really. Well, I think the thing that's even more that's sort of more depressing about that is I'm sure there are a lot of people who want to play this because uh, they wanted this setting. They wanted an ex- well, exploration of of Latin American drug cartels, right? What I'm kind of working my way toward is yeah. like at the end of the day, you can't really pin this game's, not even success, even just, like, its justification for existing on anything other than uh, the weaponizing of really shitty political ideals. And I'm sorry if that sounds high and mighty and severe, but I, I think it's, I think we have to start sh- shining a light on this stuff as what it is. Um, which is just, it's it's leveraging our most horrible cultural base instincts to sell video games. My, uh, yeah. I'm going to ask. I'm, I'm going to say because we're, we're over time. And I, I, what I what I'd like is is final comments on this game. Oh, uh, we've we gotta we gotta make sure we run down everything we need to run down about this thing though, because we're not going to well, come okay, back well, to it. In that, okay. Well, perhaps this isn't my final comment, but if if we were, then what I'd say is that what I think Ghost Recon represents is failings on behalf of kind of everyone involved with video games. It represents a failing of the the makers to to understand that that the audience for games is is smarter than this and also that they themselves are capable of making better it represents a failing on behalf of critics for not taking this on fully and and for permitting it as willfully as they have and it represents a failing from the people who buy games for not questioning why they buy this game I think that you've just got so many failures at so many all, all kind of tiers if, if there's that sort of triangle of consumers critics creators then all of them have to fail for something like ghost recon wildlands to not only be made but to be successful and to be positively reviewed and they have all failed that's how i feel about it yes absolutely yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just things like this are you know to to have some kind of positivity that's possible. It's just I just think of the time and the money, you know, and and the effort, just the, the late nights getting home to mm-hmm. to make this game. The guys, you know, the uh, people researching this who are going around and reading these books and finding all these minute details about Bolivian culture and about, you know, how cartels operate, how Mexican drug cartels operate. Uh, 
and all of that, and it just turns into this pile of mush. You know that it's not. It's not even a waste of time. That is time dedicated, I think, to actively retarding people's understanding of what is quite an important world issue. Well, yeah, yeah, and just think about. I don't know. You're setting out. You, Ed, are going to write a work of fiction uh, with this premise. Let's say, you know, and you've you've done all of this research. You've I, I don't know. You've you've got a grant, and then you you decide just kind of to let the story flop over and die, even though you've done all the hardest part. Um, I don't know. And and you've put something. I think the reason I actually have venom bile whatever for this game is that it is it is harmful because everyone mm-hmm. everyone in the world knows this this isn't some you know aside from the the, the imperialism of, of this game which is an issue um, I think everyone across the world knows people who whose lives have been ruined by our attitudes on on drugs and our you know the prevailing wisdom that has seeped into our very fucking culture that makes drugs what they are, that makes drug users what they are, that makes drug addicts what they are, you know, that annihilates communities, that, I don't know, puts people in prison and just... It's just one of the most infuriating social ills of of our time, and it'll be looked back on in centuries as preventable and, and... I don't know, and this game promotes that. It promotes the idea that this is this is what drugs are. This is what the war on drugs is. This is how it functions. These are this is how cartels work. Mm-hmm. This is how the relationship between America and Latin America works. This is, you know, this is the good that we're trying to enact by uh, by murdering people so that they don't fucking do a bit of cocaine, like. It's just, I, I don't know, I'm sorry, that's kind of incoherent, it's hard to express, no, it's, but it's such a complex and damaging thing, and everyone, like, this isn't, everyone knows someone, you know? Yeah, everyone, yeah. People have been that person, you know, it's, oh, it's so I bad. I think it's, it's, it's especially damning because, I mean, we like to talk in very flowery language about the interactivity of games and the power that gives us to empathize in a way that you can't necessarily in film or in literature. Um, so to keep that in the back of your mind and then sort of approach this not as an exercise in empathizing with these people and this culture in a way that we probably otherwise wouldn't be able to, but to just really lean into the jingoism is, it is irresponsible. Um, I know that we use that word a lot to describe games, but I think it's very fitting. Um, I think that as a producer of art or media of any kind, especially for popular consumption, what you say matters. Um, There's no such thing as, oh, it's just for fun, or I'm just telling a story. Um, And you can't ignore context, especially if you're trying to hijack a real-world issue Mm -hmm. to lend credence to whatever it is you're talking about. Uh, You don't get to have both. Mm -hmm. Um, You just don't. And and talk about... Oh, sorry, Ed. I was going to say, uh, Patrick, one of the the key words you use there is responsible. And I think that what has happened is that games like Wildlands don't feel responsible for people. They only feel responsible to themselves or to the game Mm -hmm. industry. That's their responsibility. That's that's, that's who they're feeding. 
it's not it's not people you know they're 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 not kind of made to enrich the lives of anybody they are made to perpetuate the game industry and perpetuate the company that makes them mm-hmm. to perpetuate uh, perhaps the name of a, of a franchise um, yeah I don't believe that the publishers of this game cared a whit if anybody who hasn't played a Ubisoft game before even was aware of this game's existence because I don't think you really have to be no. Um, I think that as long as you you know hit your numbers and you cater to your demo, I think it doesn't really matter if you're not opening up a dialogue, which is sad that that's kind of the standard that we've set. That's the responsibility that they have to themselves, or that they think they have, is to uh, is to continue, and they will, and they have, and they will do it again. On that bombshell. On that bombshell. That's the last episode of the podcast. We're shutting down the <laughs> site. Uh, none of us will ever write about games again. I'm moving to a cave. It, I mean, it. <laughs> Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Wildlands <laughs> can give you an existential crisis. I, I'm not joking. That's probably, there are a lot that's of probably things. the nicest thing that can be said about it. And not in the way that the wire gives you an existential crisis. No, 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 no. War on drugs. No, no, no. No, 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 no. I, I, no. You despair that it exists. Maybe, maybe not an existential crisis. Maybe that's the wrong term for it. But just a a, a crisis of any profession, profession, yeah. uh, interest, uh, <laughs> devotion of brain cells. It's like when you're on a long car ride and you don't really know where you're going because you're on a road trip. And you just kind of you end up back you just at your house. Kind of go with it, <laughs> and then you you look you look around after like ten hours of driving, and you're like, where the hell am I? Mm-hmm. What are we doing here? Uh, this isn't Disney World at all. It's like if you took your bike out, and you said you were gonna, you know, bike from Nova Scotia to Vancouver, and then you looked up two days in, and you were exhausted and sweating, and then you realized that. You're actually just on a stationary bike the entire time. <laughs> oh no! That's about it. Yeah. And you you wonder what's the point? You've been planning are for we... this trip. You've. <laughs> are we done? I don't know. I mean, we, in, I, we, think, I think I think in both lands? I think in both the narrow and the broad sense of that question, yes, we are done. Maybe this should be the last episode. Let's oh, let's fuck. just pull it. <laughs> this is the last episode. We'll all like go up on the roof of a building and commit Harry Carry. We're gonna we're gonna record this podcast onto a dirty cassette tape and mail it to Ubisoft <laughs> and then just, just the, retire. The, the sticker on it will be all grease stained and backwards yeah. letters. It just says just says you win. <laughs> <laughs> I give up. I don't know, man. They they uh I, I hate the idea too that this you criticize this game and it has to be some indictment of of of, uh, the, of the studio. Yeah, because I they're I've, capable of better. They've made better games. For Honor, they released that this year. That was okay. Watch Dogs Two last year, enjoyed it. Far Cry Two, one of our most collectively beloved games, is created by and Ubisoft. All the assholes who would say otherwise, but I think Assassin's Creed Three is one of the better yeah. better history video games. I, I, I'm looking at my shelf now like Driver San Francisco there's a Ubisoft game that I absolutely uh, adore yeah I mean it's it's not um, it's it's never an indictment of 
uh, a company, you know, of a of a team or I don't know. Video games are if if this was Tom Clancy's, like Tom Clancy himself made it, I would write off Tom Clancy. You know, mm. I, I'm not. Uh, I think I already have written off. Tom I Clancy, think I have too. <laughs> but you know, that's I don't even know how we got onto this. It feels like such well, a basic well, thing to say, but it's not a. Uh, Indicting Wildlands is not an indictment of of uh, thousands of people across the world who I'm, well, work I'm on such, these games. There's such tribalism in this industry that you do kind of have to make that explicit. I know, but yeah, it's... I'm reminded of the story about Roger Ebert and uh, Rob Schneider, right? When <laughs> That's when a Ro- combination. When Roger Ebert was in hospital... <clears throat> Because he had, I think he had uh, esophageal or throat cancer, and he was in hospital, right. and it, it was it was quite likely for some time that he was going to die. Although it was at least that he was very, very, very ill, and he had slated one of Rob Schneider's films not long before, and I can't remember exactly what the film was. It might have been one of the you know the Deuce Bigelow movies or something like that, right? Or the Hot Chick or something, you know, a, a Rob Schneider comedy. And, and Roger Ebert given it both barrels and reloaded and shot again. And um, he received some flowers whilst he was in hospital from Rob Schneider saying, you know, I hope you get better and all the best. And Roger Ebert sort of said afterwards, um, I basically, I didn't like Rob Schneider's last film, but I always hope that the next film he does will be great and I'll enjoy it. Mm -hmm. And that is precisely how I feel when I play a game like Wildlands. I, I hated this game. I think this game is, is ugly. In, in like the truest sense of the word. I think it's ugly and cowardly and backward and filth. But I hope that the, everyone involved in it, like to the name, I hope that they make something else and that I like it because I want to play something that's good and that I enjoy oh. and I can talk about on this show and write about on our website is a good game. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, once again, the thing that is, I think, pretty basic, but uh, when people say, I don't know, maybe there are people who write about games who are like this, but when people say you went into this already hating it, I don't think I've ever gone into anything already hating it, because you... Same. I mean, especially especially the, uh, you know, the, the riches that you work for in this industry and the, the length of of games, um, I, I think you hope that how you're spending this time is going to be, you're going to get something out of it, you know? It sucks, yeah. you almost get a sinking feeling to realize, when you start realizing how yeah. bad something is, you know? Yeah, contrary to popular belief, I don't enjoy it when games are bad. Uh, even popular games, it actually is kind of sad. Um, because, yeah, there is such a high cost, both financial and also just in terms of effort to go into them. Effort both manual and creative. Um, so, yeah, we always like to see things be good and to see the medium progress. Um, but it also the flip side of that is we have to say when that isn't the case. We do. Yeah, I don't know how we ended up here, but... <laughs> is, is it because we went so, went so deep into... Uh... Into like I said, this, despair this that the, we had to pull up. I still up. have blood on my chin from the human heart I just bit into. <laughs> this this is the abyss staring back. I think this Ghost Recon <laughs> Wildlands, and I, I 
I don't hesitate to say so. But I, th I think we should leave it there. And, and what I'd like to um, end the show on is, is um, games that you would recommend to people if they were as as disinclined towards Ghost Recon Wildlands as we have been. Uh, is there anything that you can think of that kind of does what it does, or does some of the things it does, but does it better? Because I, 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 my reach for was Mafia Three. Uh -huh. well, you, you know, you, you're 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 incrementally taking over a landscape, exactly like you are in Wildlands. But um, as we discussed in at length, it's a great story and um, great characters, and just a, a, a firm sense of objective and a, a, a great awareness of uh, potentially, you know, very dicey subject matter. It's handled very very smartly and not delicately. It's taken yeah. by the horns. Um, it doesn't dance around it, but it still answers in a way that is surprising and makes you actually come out of it thinking like you've learned something. So Mafia Three, I think, is the you know the the kind of yin to Wildlands is Yang or Yang I to Wildlands is Yin. I don't know which way around it is. I think that is a really good comparison because yeah, uh, Wildlands is kind of like Mafia Three's evil twin. Um, just in terms of design sensibilities. I think that kind of taking a different tack, have either of you ever played the game Unmanned? Yes. Oh, is that the uh, the drone yep. the, game? Yeah, uh, the, the, uh, the Pettuccini game. I think that game also does a really good job of, it's not about the war on drugs, but it does, it does deal with the idea of kind of American foreign interventionalism and the idea of just like, the complete and utter mundanity of the military-industrial complex and the weird juxtaposition between those two things. Um, and it's really, like, subtly heartbreaking and just fantastic. And you can play it for free. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you said that, Patrick, because then I, the only thing that was coming to mind right away was Mafia 3, and I was trying to think of mm -hmm. games that are kind of parallel in design to something like Wildlands that kind of you know, obviously, Far Cry Two, I think, is a is the one of the gold standards of kind of yeah, refuting yeah. the idea that you, the foreigner, uh, are are here to uh, to affect positive change in a country that's not your own. Um, but yeah, when you said that, it made me think of, of games about maybe uh, some some of the stuff that's at the the bottom of of this problem. When you talked about unmanned, then it makes me think of like games about poverty like uh mm -hmm. like sort of crushing poverty like cart life which you mentioned mm -hmm. actually in the, the intro post for this month um things like that i think kentucky route zero in in its way you know it's about a million other things but it also kind of has that sort of grinding hopelessness and and manages to get something much much better out of it than uh something like wildlands and then uh I think my last one was in terms of no never mind <laughs> I think that's I think that's enough I was just trying to like spin off games that actually kind of illustrate uh, things about these these kind of issues I don't think there are any great games about addiction that I can think of off the top of my head isn't it sad that we're looking for games that deal with socioeconomic disparity responsibly and we can count them on one hand there are probably some more out there that I'm not thinking of. Yeah. But certainly of, of big games, I, I don't think there are very many. 
Um, you know, Ed's looking at his shelf probably. Correct. <laughs> I. I wish I had a nice shelf where everything was for moments like this. I games that articulately and with nuance address topics of social inequality and alienation. I think L.A. Noir brushes up against that stuff. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. And that is fucking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Grand Theft Auto yeah. Four. Kind of. Yeah, no, Grand Theft Auto 4. Yeah, you know what? That is on my shelf. I should have spotted that one. Yeah, that's that's a good cry. See, I, I um, feel weird like coming up with ideas of games that it's been, you know, close going on like a decade that I've played, but Grand Theft Auto 4 maybe. The Saboteur yeah. came up in mind too, but that's been so long that but the idea of your your form of one man army liberation is uh Restoring a black and white Nazi-occupied Paris to uh, color um, yeah. in the saboteur, I think, is that's quite delicate. Yeah, I like that. Delicate, I don't know about, but well, <laughs> delicate is not the right word. Um, <laughs> graceful, graceful. Yeah, <clears throat> it's it's graceful. a bit it's a bit obvious, right? But but it's it's I, I can remember that game as well, and it, it's it's quite poetically done. Uh, and yeah, I, I'm not really seeing anything else. I mean, no, fuck it then. All right then. So <laughs> on that second or third or perhaps fortieth bombshell this episode, I think we will uh, leave Ghost Recon Wildlands behind, like a <laughs> like a trio of soldiers who are watching us fly away in a helicopter. Um, <laughs> we will. We'll just teleport and catch up with you next like, week yeah yeah um okay well you can find reed we can find you on twitter can't we yeah at reed mccarter patrick you're there as well i am at hong freaking solo and i'm there at most sincerely ed you can follow this show at bullet points vg as well as all the articles that we post on our sister website bulletpointsmonthly.com if you've enjoyed this episode or if you've uh, enjoyed the articles that we've written on ghost recon wildlands please consider supporting us on patreon patreon.com forward slash bullet points we need your money to pay for pretty much everything we do uh, website maintenance including the cocaine and all the cocaine tying it back in okay well thanks for joining us everyone alright are we we all going to be okay yeah I I think so you know you were going to sign off and I was thinking like if he doesn't say just like one more kind of reassuring thing this this episode's going to be a real bummer well, next month on the uh, on the website for this podcast, we're going to be doing Neo Automata, which is a much better game and something that I think we all have uh, agreeable things to say about, right? Yeah. Well, Patrick, you've not played it yet. I, I will I, let you I'm, know. Yeah, I'm confident that we will we will be happier to talk about Neo Automata than uh, we did. <laughs> that's Ghost a streak on Wildlands. That's a game with a point of view. It has a point that's of a view. That's a game with a point of view. Correct. <laughs> Correct. It is. Yes, and we should probably do something a little bit frivolous and joyful to kind of wash the taste of this out of our mouth. Maybe it's time to finally do Duke Nukem Forever. We'll see, yeah? Mm. Well, it's I'm like out, you... out of the frying pan into the toilet. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs>
Bravo. Okay, well, okay. We'll, we'll be fine. It'll be fine. Everything's going to be all right in the end. It's okay. It's okay. It's cool. We're all good. Okay, uh, so on that on that reassuring bombshell, uh, thank you for listening, and please join us again for the next episode of Bullet Points. <laughs>